You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's right, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. (laughs) And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 154 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday... Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. Of course, I am recording this Friday after work and uh, trying to keep my mind occupied because, uh, as anybody, regular listeners know, we are selling our condo and everything has gone through that and the inspection happened yesterday and they came and did a final walkthrough and everything went fine, and the bank uh, appraiser was here. And uh, basically, now, as we sit, we we are waiting for the appraisal, which my realtor tells me is not a big deal, don't worry about it. 
and until I have the check in hand, I'm going to worry about it. Um, so we haven't sold the condo yet, but knock on wood, we're, uh, we can see the finish line. We're just sort of waiting on the bank. And, uh, he said the banks seem to like to, you know, twiddle their thumbs and whatever. They always seem to do this. So it's going to be either, uh, later. Well, I don't know how much it's like 10 to five now. So I don't banker hours. I'm pretty sure it's not happening today. So, uh, I guess we're probably going to have to wait until tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I can tell you yesterday I, uh, I, uh, I had a whole bunch of gravel pills in me and my stomach was turning and uh, I was nervous about the, like I knew the place is fine with the, but you, you just don't know, right? We've waited so long to sell it and uh, yeah, you're just anxious, right? So uh, I might, so last week I kind of jumped the, I, well, I didn't say we had sold it. We had had it in writing and they accepted our offer, blah, blah, blah. So there was a bunch of hurdles left to go through. I was fully confident that it would obviously it would pass the inspection and all that, which it did. And, uh, you know, now it's just the, uh, I didn't know anything about this, uh, bank assessment thing though. So, um, but I think we're, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, I'm actually hoping as I'm recording this right now, you'll hear my phone bleep and it'll be my realtor telling me it's done deal. But, uh, anyway, yeah, people tuned in to hear about my condo woes, but, uh, yeah, so that's what's kind of happening with me right now. So I'm not going to lie. Got a beer sitting right here. And I'm going to have a bunch more of these. Uh, regardless of the outcome tonight. I am, I am, I already told everybody. I am drinking Friday night. So, um, yeah. Uh, once again, I, I had, uh, I always put my sticky, my, you put, okay, try that again. Why do I, can't I, I always screw that up. The sticky notes I have in my truck. Um, so throughout the week, I, I write shit down and whatever comes in my head or whatever. But honest, to be completely honest, <laughs> I really didn't. I had so much other shit going on in my head yesterday and the day before and all that going on. I, you know, the podcast was sort of the, the least of my worries these last few days. Um, so to be completely honest, I have a few topics, um, that I'll talk about. But I, I don't. I can't see this being a very overly long episode. Um. Oh yeah. Well, I'm thinking about. It, I got a notification from Spotify that I think um, from the from November first to the fifth, they're going to be shut down or off the air or something for Mental Health Week or something like that. So if if you're listening on, well, you'll be yeah, because it'll be October thirty first when you're listening to this. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal with Spotify is. I kind of just briefly looked at the email, so I'm not really sure what that's all about. Um, I don't know. So, I mean, if you're listening to this on Halloween, you don't, on Sunday, you don't really care, but, um, you know, and if you're trying to listen, I guess next week, you're, you're not going to know what I'm talking about anyway. So I don't really know why I brought it up, but, well, I just brought it up in case anybody out there is a Spotify person and you wonder why all of a sudden it's not working. Um, that's why, I guess. So. But uh, I hope everybody went back and checked out uh, episode 153. I had returning guest Marco Cefalo. Uh, we did the five toughest opponent in the five toughest opponent series. Uh, Marco was always fun to talk to, and uh, I encourage everybody to go back and check out his full length interview. That was a fun talk. Uh, but as I always enjoy having the guys back, so that was fun. 
Um, and again, the back catalog, uh, Morasti, McIntyre, uh, Clark Wilm, Roman Volpat, on and on. Definitely uh, check out the back catalog, Brad Wingfield. Uh, so check that out. But uh, before we get rolling, uh, of course, uh, member of the Hockey Podcast Network, there's over 50 shows in the network. Whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Of course, they're going hot and heavy here with the season rolling, so those, there's some content out there if you're uh, for whatever team you're a fan of. Um, for my off-network friend, uh, you know we got we got part-time Ole down there in Florida. That mud show, he's back at it. Re- finally, really, finally got around to releasing an episode. Um, you know, and I top it all off. I said, yeah, he finally releases an episode, and he takes over one of the topics I was going to talk about. Yeah, so that's how we that's how he rolls down in the swamp. But uh, if you're so inclined, he does have a tremendous back catalog. <coughs> By Lois, Segroy, Rob Ray, um, on and on, Jack Gregg, uh, Craig, um, Sean Pete, Jason Bone. Yeah, Jason Rushton, on and on. No, Alec does a good job. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure when his next Facebook Live show is going to happen. Um, as we sit and as he wears his... Oh, no, he's a big Florida Everblades guy now. So, I mean, we got to work around the Everblades games, and he's out there tailgating, and he's just a man of the people. Oh, he's got people coming up and talking to him. He's just a man of the people, so out there. You know, he's he's really, really, uh, what is he, in Fort Myer, Kissimmee? I don't, know, Tamp- I don't even know where, some swamp. I don't know where he's living, somewhere down there around the games. Um, but, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's real popular down there, and, uh, you know, like I said, like I said in the other episode, it's it's uh, so oh, I got people coming up to me and talking to me at games. I said, well, you know, that's that's a benefit for everyone else. We can see who the crazy people are, so they identify themselves. So that's good. It's kind of like a public service type of thing. But uh, yeah, so he's down there recording. You know, he's got his phone out. He's recording fights, and I said he's got to get some of the the Everblades players. Or is it Everblade? It's yeah, it's the Everblades. That's the gimmick. Um, he's got to get some of them on the show. I think one of them follows his, his uh, Instagram account or something. So, you know, he's already got shaky judgment right there. So, probably get him on the show. But, uh, yeah, follow follow uh, Part-Time Oli. Doing a bang-up job over there. He's also, he runs the Enforcer Appreciation Group. And uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, sign up. And uh, lots of pictures, uh, videos, and debates go on. Most of the time, pr- fairly... Uh, I was going to say fairly civil, but then I kind of caught myself. But no, it's overall, it's pretty good. But no, if you're going to get out of hand and talk stupid, well, then you're just going to get tossed out. But if you happen to be on Facebook, sign up for the group. It's the closest to the message boards as you're going to get these days. So, Also, Jolton Joe Lazito. Give me the Lazito. I've changed his name. He's not Jolton Joe anymore. He's Broadway Joe. Yeah, he has replaced uh, Joe Willie Namath with... Uh, Joe, Ma, where's the baked ZD Lazito, Broadway Joe? That's my new name for him. Of course, he's working out at MSG. I don't want to alarm the Islander fans, but I don't know. Something's going on there. He was yelling something about pot band socks or something the other night. I don't know what he was going on about. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm just questioning the, his whole judgment. I, I, you know, he does the Coliseum Chronicles in New York Islander and Face Enforcer podcast. He's interviewed lots of great guys. Asham, Fakoda, Dean Ewan, Strudwig. I don't know. I kind of think they'd be disappointed right now. But I'm not going to speak for anybody. Um, 
like I said, I, I broke the story last week, and uh, I'll give Joe credit. He didn't deny it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, uh, I think he's playing both sides of the fence here, you know? So, I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. So, we'll see where we're at. I don't know. There could be a change in the merch. I, you know, I keep pumping up the merchandise on Long Island, but I'm telling you, if he starts uh, throwing some of that blue and red around, you know, and we start getting the Statue of Liberty gimmick going on down in Long Island, there could be some shit hitting the fan, you know. So, I don't know. I think Joe's kind of painted himself into a corner here, but uh, we'll, I'm interested to see how he's going to get out of it. But, you know, I don't know that Alf Dolan interview. I don't know how that's going to go, but uh, we'll see. But no, I'm just kidding about the Alf Dolan interview. I don't know about it. I don't know if I'm kidding about everything else though. You're gonna have to check it out yourself. But uh, nonetheless, in the meantime, Jolt and Joe Lazito, Broadway Joe, Coliseum Chronicles. Check him out. Tremendous back catalog, and uh, he is every Monday. He's, he'll have something coming for you here. So I'm interested to see what's happening this week. He's got some explaining to do. But there you go, Broadway Joe Lazito. Get rid of Lazito. All right, where are we at here, folks? Um, well, oh, and for listener, uh, Goon Squad Captain, uh, thank you for the heads up. Uh, no, it was, I looked into it. It wasn't Sean Burke. It was uh, Alan Chevrier in 1987. January 24th, 87 is who Hextall fought and beat up in the line brawl um, as the New Jersey goalie. So, you know, I was looking up, I looked up Hextall's fight, or at least according to HockeyFights.com. Hextall was in, I think, five fights, but I think they're calling the Chelios thing a fight. I wouldn't really call that a fight, but um, I, I think the only fights he was ever actually in were with Chevrier and uh, Potvan. I think they had. I have to check. They have him listed against Rob Pearson too, but I I don't know if that was an actual fight or not. But uh, yeah, for some reason I I thought he would have had more, but um, I don't know why I would have thought he. I, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, but it was Alan Chevrier was. Uh, uh, who hexed all fought. But thank you, sir, for listening and for getting back to me on that. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> it was funny. Um, I, I, I was, uh, the other night, uh, of course, I was so nervous. It was, uh, well, Thursday was the walkthrough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it was Wednesday night. I was sitting here, couldn't sleep. It was late, nervous. I was just idle time. And for whatever reason, I ended up looking up, it was a hockey card of somebody. And then I ended up on Center Ice Collectibles. Oh, yeah, and I probably ended up spending, like, way too much money on Tough Guy cards. But I was just like, whatever. I was just cl- But, man, I am so looking forward to my order. Oh, I got, like, Craig Berube's Medicine Hat Tiger card. I got Rocky's Medicine Hat. I got a bunch of... I think I got, like, a Kelowna Wings Fakoda card. And I got a ton of old dub cards that I was really pumped with. And I got a bunch of uh, early 90s. Uh, BCHL cards, like Jason Rushton and shit, and Craighead and stuff. So, um, Donnie Hearn, uh, the Hitman Hearn. Um, but it got me thinking, and I was talking to, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, I won't say his last name, just in case he doesn't want that out there, but, um, I, I was talking to him about it, and, uh, and his brother, uh, played for the Blades, uh, back in like the early 80s, and I like, I got a hold of him, and actually I got a hold of a couple guys, uh, Mike Whitney, the old Red Deer goalie, um, I had talked to him a while ago, and he doesn't, he didn't have anything from his career, from the cards to video or anything, 
And I I finally noticed they got his Red Deer cards up there. So I sent him a message saying, hey, you want your cards, man? They got all your Red Deer cards up on this site. Um, but uh, with Jeff, his brother was, uh, was was a goalie with the Blades back in the day. And I, I Jeff, they, they've kept newspaper. They kept all that shit. But I just kind of like, um, I mentioned to him like, hey, your brother, they got like five of your brother's cards uh, with the Blades. Uh, on this website, because I mean, you know, how many places are selling like early '80s Saskatoon Blades cards, right? So you know, grab what you can if you're so inclined. But um, and normally, out of the two card play- center ice center ice collectibles or armchair sports, uh, once a year, armchair sports when the Stanley Cup playoffs are on will do like an eighty percent off sale. Because most of the time, when you're buying cards, and that's the thing, they're expensive. They're like Two and three bucks each. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but, you know, all of a sudden, all ten hockey cards, 20 Americans, and now it's third, and then the shipping. You know, like, you're paying 40 bucks for, like, ten cards. It's like, okay, you know, and it's like, no, no, knock, but it's like, you know, we're paying that much for, like, Jason Rushton and McFakota, you know? Like, it's not like we're getting Crosby's or anything. So it's like, it, it's exp- the shit's expensive, right? So... But when you can get 80% off, well, now we're talking, right? So, like, every year when the Stanley Cup's on, for, like, the last three years, I bought, oh, it's like 150 cards, like 200 cards are coming. And, yeah, I just go nuts uh, buying all the cards. But, um, problem with arm, and armchair's always been good, always gets my stuff, but uh, gets me my stuff, never had a problem. The cards are always in good shape, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an American, so it's expensive. But in center ice, you can pay in Canadian. But same thing, two, three bucks a card. So, and there was no sale when I was buying these the other night, so I had to be careful. I kind of really, but I really wanted the Peruvian medicine hat card and shit. Those are pretty hard to get, so it was like I picked out like you know ten rare cards. Um, I think ten or fifteen, something like that. Anyway, what was the point of my story? Oh yeah, so I'm sorry, folks. I'm kind of I'm. My mind is on my condo. My mind's wandering. I apologize. I'm sort of just all over the place and babbling, but uh, more so than usual. So I apologize right now. But um, I had said to him, I said, it's too bad that they don't really make junior cards anymore. There are some teams that do, like the Blades, I know, are still there. You can go to the co-op and they'll hand you out a couple cards and stuff like that. But um, he had sent me a picture of his card from the SJHL set. In the early 90s. And I said, yeah, see, that's the thing. I really I really wish the SJHL still did. I mean, not now, but in the 90s or whatever. Or in 2000. I wish they had done the... They had kept doing the league-wide sets. I think they only did it for two years. And it was like 90, 91, and like 91, 92. Something like that. Or 92, 93. Whatever. Really early on. Still looking for that Dwayne Vandell North Battleford card, though. But, uh... Yeah. But they, um... Yeah, league-wide sets. And I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. And I'm just like, why don't they do that anymore? Why don't leagues do that? Like, I know the BC League, same thing, like I said, but buying the buying the BC cards. Some of the teams make team sets locally, but why not make a, a league set and just, like, sell them at all the arenas? You know, and make them just... I mean, nowadays with the printing and, the like, photography and shit, I mean, it's got to be cheaper than it used to be. Like, if they were making sets back in the early 90s with the printing costs and the photography and all, how hard that would have been to set up back in the day. Nowadays, shit. 
I mean, with all the printing and everything. I mean, I know I've I made hockey cards at one time for people. Like I've made custom cards for a few people back when I was really doing a lot of photoshopping. And I mean, they were you go to Staples and they were cheap, you know. And it was like, and that's the thing. I mean, if it's just a local set or just a, a like a league set, it's not like holy shit, it's got to be on you know three foil paper and blah blah. Like it doesn't have to look like upper deck or anything, you know. But I'm like. Just, just the old classic cardboard cards. You could sell, you know, shit. Sell them for a buck, fifty-two. I mean, I know I'm, I'm, fantasy land, and I'm trying to hold on to the past or whatever. But it's like, I don't know. Like, how cool would that be though? If they sold like packs of SJHL cards. I'm using the SJHL as an example, but if they sold SJHL cards at each of the arenas for like a buck fifty. A pack or something, and you get like you know whatever seven or eight cards, and you know, and you can yeah. I mean, how many teams are there? Ten teams in twenty. So it's like two, be like two hundred fifty, three hundred cards in a set, oh my God, or two fifty, you know, whatever. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. I know it's antiquated, whatever, but it's like you know, I don't know. I'm I'm just sort of you know, Jeff and I were talking about it. We we're sort of just what you know. Waxing poetically, fondly about the old days and packs of cards for a quarter and all that shit. And used to go to the nickel show, you know, go to the picture show for a nickel. Uphill both ways. I mean, I know we're sounding like old farts, but I don't know. I just think uh, like a league. It's and it's just a shame because you know, you know, not only did my brother play in the SGA, but I mean, Brookbank and I had some friends that played in the league at the you know midnight and late nineties. I mean. It would have been cool to have hockey cards of those guys, you know. And I mean, what you know, Mar- have Marco Cefalo and Esteban and Dobbin and all those guys and like Leon Delorme and Voth and Reed Lowe and blah blah blah, right? All these guys, Calvin Crow, all these guys that went through the SJ. Fuck, it would have been awesome to have like hockey cards of those guys, you know. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, I was just talking about the old days and I'm just, you know. Oh, you youngsters out there, you'll get there someday when you get old, but you sort of just sort of, you wish, you pine for the old times. But anyway, let's get on with things, I guess. But uh, I want to start with uh, Ross Johnson, uh, apparently signing a four-year extension. And, um, of course, that hit, I'm not going to step all over, not like, I won't be like uh, part-time Oli where, uh, you know, but uh, I I won't nah, I'm not see it's actually I'm I'm actually stealing Oli's gimmick here because he was out his topic was out before mine his show was out before mine and it's not like I told him what I, I'm just kidding I didn't tell him what I was doing and he did it anyway but um, and I won't step on this because I know Joe is going to talk about this and the social media uproar that came with the Ross Johnson signing with all these of course woke that's not even being woke but just all these like new fucking Gen Z Islander fans crying about how you know useless or whatever Ross Johnson is but I just I I just I did say on Twitter like if you go and read the thread like the Islander thread of they you know they announced Johnson signs if you go and read the replies it's like it's so it's so embarrassing it's funny like just ah oh. but this one guy stood out um 
somebody said uh, Ross Johnson agrees to a four-year contract extension. So the one guy writes, waiver-proof, now they don't have to lose him when they inevitably do. This guy replies, well, he was already waiver-proof on account of being bad at the sport of hockey. I, and then this guy replies, he would have gotten claimed by someone guaranteed. So this Ryan replies, in reality, that is probably true, only because there is one thing that unites the old hockey men that make up the NHL coaching corps. It's that they are willing to make their teams worse as long as punch man goes punch punch. Could you imagine, and this guy, I'm looking at his profile picture, looks like he's probably in his late 20s, early 30s. Um, can you imagine being, being a grown adult and writing that punchy man goes punch, punch, like seriously, like, did you not know how to spell zippity doo-dah? Is that why you went punchy punch? Like, are you four? But the, and of course he's got the Islander jersey on and the profile pic. Yeah, but these are the fucking dorks that like. You know, tweet at fucking George Peros and at the NHL and like to use hashtag hockey culture and all this. And they don't have a fucking clue. But they turn around and use punchy punch and punchy man. And it's like, yeah, and and these are the fucking dorks that the league listens to. Because they're the vocal minority. It's just embarrassing. But I'll let Joe rant on about the Ross Johnson thing. Oh, and I should have actually... I should have led with this at the top of the show. Um, as far as the... I was asked by someone if I was going to talk this weekend about the Chicago Blackhawks and, the, of course, the, the whole Chris Beach thing. Um, no, I'm not going to. One, I haven't followed the story enough to really... I haven't paid much attention to it. Um, just for the fact that I really haven't, as I explained earlier, I have not really been around uh, social media all that much this week or my mind has been elsewhere. I have a general idea of what the story is all about, um, but I haven't like read into all the stuff. I know Quinville stepped down. Um, the shovel dayoffs quit too, I think. Um, and now it's going around about who knew and, and, and that type of thing. Um, I don't know enough about it to I'm to sit here and make comments about it. Um, I feel terrible for Beach after watching the. Uh, I actually I didn't even watch it, but like I saw it like just on the timeline, you know, his TSN interview about it, and uh, yeah, man, it's it, you know, it's it's a terrible thing, and um, hopefully, uh, you know, the investigation, you know, they really get into it, and uh, you know, really get down to what's all what what it's all about, and uh, who's all involved, and who knew, and all that type of thing, and um, yeah, and if there's uh, and if, as grown adults, if, if you knew and didn't say anything, then, you know, and you're in a position of coaching or, or whatever have you, or what have you, um, yeah, you're, go away. Like, that's just, it's gross. That's, that's terrible. And, um, and it's, a, and it's just, a, what, I mean, what do you, what can I say? I mean, what, it's a shame that it obviously, it, that it happened and I hope to, they, you know, the, the, law gets involved or whoever has to get involved and um you know and and uh things are are brought or are discovered and uh and it you know leading for to change so it doesn't happen again and it's uh 
you know, and like I said, it's just a terrible incident, and um, I hope Chris Beach can get help. Um, and I believe there's a second uh, second victim as well. I don't know who that. I believe is that. Like again, again, I haven't paid much attention to it, so I'm not going to speak on anything. At the same time, um, there's there's definitely uh, with alleged allegedly and accusations and stuff. That doesn't mean guilt. Uh, I am very much on. No, I'm not saying beach is nothing like that, but I'm just saying overall, I'm just in the broad sense of using the term, um, before everyone starts getting, oh, I think he knew too, and I think he knew, and oh, he had to have known. You know, I mean, everyone likes to speculate and throw that one out and all that. I think that's a very dangerous, uh, slope to, and I'm not just in this incident, but in everything. Um, social media really rushes to, you know, guilty, and then you have to prove your innocence. Um, I've always been, let's go to the court of law and deal with it that way, like how we should and all that sort of thing. So I really hope they, like I said, they investigate this, get to the bottom of it. Those that, that knew and were in a position to do something and did not get dealt with. And, uh, yeah. And hopefully everybody can, uh, you know, move forward and, and it's, uh, it's people can heal and as well as learn from this. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, can you say it's terrible and it's a black eye, you know, and it's not just a hockey thing. It's just, it's, it's a sport thing in all sport and it's a society thing. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I just said I wasn't going to talk about it and I rambled about it for five minutes, but I, like I said, I don't know enough about it to confidently hit record and lay out all the things that I'm thinking about it. So, um, I'll leave it at that. But, so uh, just so anybody who's listening says, oh, I can't believe you didn't bring that up. That's that's what's going on. But, uh, um, yeah, outside of that, um, Subban, of course, is back at it. This time, slew-footed uh, uh, Lucic. Um, and, I, and another one I'll bring up is this Jordan uh, Bennington, the goalie for St. Louis. What the fuck is... Who fucking strapped balls on him on all of it? Like, what the... What? What? My brother pointed this out to me today and sent me, so I had to go look, because I didn't... I wasn't paying any attention, but I saw the thing with Colorado there, and um, and didn't he... He did something last year in the playoffs. He went after... Was he getting pulled or something, and he went after the other goalie, or he went after somebody? It was all a big show, a bunch of bullshit, but whatever. So now this time he... Swings, he went out of the, there was a little line scrummy thing and he comes out and he sort of swings a stick at Kadri. I mean, everybody's acting like he meant to hit him in the head. He didn't, he, you know, but he was to get his attention and whatever. But it's like, how is no, like, and say, and to go and to add Subban to the, how is no one kicking the shit out of these guys? Like, seriously. Like, how does, like, Subban's done this shit for years. How is no one just, Take the suspension and just tune the fucker. I don't understand it. And this Benning, who is this goof? This goalie? Why again? Like why didn't Kadri just drill him? Or how does no one run him in the crease? Like just take the suspension. Like this guy's a goof. Like, but if no one does anything, it's all oh, he's crazy. Well, fuck, he's a pussy. What's he gonna do? I said the next time Colorado plays, hopefully the Colorado goalie sacks up. But I would tell everybody, 
start a fucking line scrum. Everybody grab someone so they're all occupied and wait for the linesman to be occupied trying to, you know, go crazy and break up all these these melees and this line scrum. And the Colorado goalie should go down and, and tell, tell him, let's go. Bring it out to center ice there, Junior. You like to act so tough with all your pads on and your masks still on and everything else, swinging your stick around. Well, then it'll be put up or shut up time for Billington or Bennington, Bennington or whatever the hell your name is, St. Louis goalie. Then we'll see how much, you know, because now you've just called them out in front of an entire arena and an entire TV viewing audience. So now we'll see how brave you are when you got to take your helmet off and drop your stick and your blocker and everything. You going to go do it? Or you, you know, like, I just like who, why are these, and like, same with Subban. Like, the thing with Reeves, and somebody put up the video, he did it to Coons, he's done it to a bunch of guys throughout his career, he does it, it's not, like, a real heinous one, but it's enough to, like, you know, what the fuck, and again, no one does anything to him, like, I, they just let him run around, and he's done this shit forever, and flaps his lips, and never has to back up, fuck all, why doesn't somebody just take a suspension on these goofs, everyone's so scared now. I said, hell, Colorado could be real dicks. Just call someone up for the game against St. Louis. And just be like, yeah, first shift, run him right through his fucking, right through the net. Well, you know, McKinnon can pay the fine. He's got money. Like, how is this not happening? Like, I mean, I, do I, I guess I sound super archaic, but it's just like, how do you, how do people let this shit happen? I don't understand. Over and over again. It was like the other day when I was talking about Ovechkin. For 15 years, this guy's run around. Well, the other day, he boarded someone from behind. No, nothing. Nothing happens. Just let him go about doing it. I don't understand how they just, no one does anything to him. I don't know. Anyway, so I don't know why somebody just doesn't run the friggin' goalie and beat Subban's ass while we're at it, but whatever. 2021 hockey, but, um, I don't know, what else do I talk about, oh, well, like I said, this is the, um, the topic that, uh, that Alec had mentioned as well on a, on a show from earlier this week, um, somebody in the enforcer group had put out, oh, unpopular opinion, but I think George LaRock would beat, a prime LaRock would beat a prime Probert 7 out of 10 fights. Which, of course, led to 8 million comments. Um, and all the Probert fanboys were out in full nut-hugging mode. Um, and I and Mike Segroy brought up the, you can't compare eras, it's a different training and all that stuff. And he's completely right. It's exactly what I would have said. And I've said on here a million times. Um, at the same time, I, I, I brought up the, I don't know why... These are grown adults. Well, I wonder sometimes. But in saying that you think Probert would win, you somehow have to shit on LaRock. So I don't know why you have to shit on LaRock to make your point. I don't understand that. Um, And for all these people saying Probert... Oh, it wouldn't even be close. LaRock's not even in his league. It's not even in the ballpark. What are you talking about? Oh, Probert would end George. What? 
First of all, who did Probert ever end? What huge knockout did Rod Probert ever have? And what big knockout did George LaRock ever suffer? So right there, I don't know what you're talking about. And they did actually fight. Now granted, one, LaRock was young and Bob was old. So they certainly weren't in their primes, but neither of them neither of them got ended. No, Bob Probert would not end George LaRock. Just, why? Just, why? Why? It's not even close. What are you talking about? You sound so ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Maybe you want to say Bob would win. That's, I'm not arguing with you about that. But again, this idea that it's not even, oh, it's Probert and that everyone else is miles behind. No, they're not. Stop. We get it. 24. Bobby's your favorite. Like, I just can't get over. That will forever baffle me. That grown adults just revert back to eight-year-old kids on a playground arguing. Like, there's no... No one has any objectivity. And it's just ridiculous exaggeration and stupid talk. And it's just... It's just ridiculous. But it's it's just I don't I guess my my whole point is either or I don't really whoever you decide it was a, you can't compare the two it was a different time um well and then the one guy's like and I always laugh because it's like this guy goes on he's got Probert number one he's going on about Probert's the best and everything else and he goes well the thing is is there's a difference LaRock was on roids Bobby never would do that. <laughs> In his book and in the documentary, he talks about taking steroids. Like, fuck. Like, keep up here. Like, just, oh. And then, to move away from that, I put up a picture of Steve McLaren. And a bunch of people were replying to it and making comments. And one guy's like, well, McLaren. And Segroy has often, Mike Segroy has gone out and said a bunch of times that Steve McLaren was the most underrated fighter ever. He might be on to something. Um, McLaren was awesome. And uh, the one guy replies, same thing. He said, this is the most underrated fighter in 55 years of watching hockey. Steve McLaren is the toughest underrated fighter I ever saw. And he never gets appreciated on these boards. They have this morasty clown show thing going on. Again, how... (laughs) If you claim to be a fight fan, how anyone could shit on John Morasti if you're a fight fan is mind-boggling to me. The guy has 500 career fights versus everybody, and every fight was wide open. Big, small, or in the middle, it was wide open. There was no jersey jabbing, whatever, yeah, he put on a show for the fans and wave and do all that shit. But at the end of the day, he is one of the most exciting fighters of all time. And all these so-called fight fans are, are like shitting on him. Like, I, what are you? Like, I'm not saying you got to go run out and buy his jersey, but I mean, holy shit, are you serious? Like, and again, that goes to my point of. You don't need to build McLaren up by shitting on other people. Like, I don't understand. 
Like you can like like I like McLaren and Morassi. Can't you like both? Why do we have to shit on one to prop up the other? I again, these are grown apparently grown adults talking like this. I don't understand. But Steve McLaren probably was one of the most underrated fighters of all time. He was awesome, and uh, that sentiment I agree with. But why do you have to put down John Morasti? You know what? You know, and then there's a bunch of people like, oh, he was—he's overrated. Who—who's overrated? Like, I like Morasti was overrated. I'm like, how do you overrate him? Like, no one said John Morasti's the toughest guy ever. No one's saying that. But I'm like, he provided some of the greatest fights ever and most entertaining fights ever. How can you shit on the guy if you're a fight fan? Like, I don't understand it. And then, of course, then this whole, while he plays up to the crowd, the code, and all these morons come out of the woodwork. And it's just like, oh, God. Like, understand what he was trying to do. It's the, First of all, it's the LNAH. He never, I don't remember in the American Hockey League, him raising his hand middle fight, in the middle of the fight, trying to get people into it. Maybe he did. I don't, I don't remember him doing it. He seemed a lot more ser- serious in the American League. In the LNAH, well, okay, it's, it is a show and you're putting it on. So don't, you can't, I've, I've said this a million times on this show, you can't view the LNAH and like with the same, I don't, I guess hold, I don't want to say, hold, well, hold it to the same standard as like what you would in the in NHL. It, you just, it's a different animal. It's, it's a different, um, it was a whole different vibe back then. Like the it was the show and everything else, and they were told to do that, put on a show. So you got the show. So you have to sort of suspend your belief while watching the LNH back in that time period because it was different. You can't put NHL eyes on the LNH of like 2006. You just can't do it. <clears throat> but and he was a showman. So yeah, I mean I don't know. I I don't get it. Like I don't like. It baffles me if you call yourself a fight fan and you don't like Morasti. Now, maybe if you met him and you didn't like him, that's a whole different thing. But from a general, just a fight fan standpoint, like, I don't get it. But whatever. Anyway. uh, Well. Oh. Hold on, that might be my realtor. Oh, unfortunately, it wasn't my realtor. I just dawned on me now as I'm thinking about it. Um, I apologize if I did. I, I won't. I'm not going to go back and edit it out. But um, I believe I might have called Kyle Beach Chris Beach. I'm getting the beaches mixed up. Um, I know it's Kyle Beach that was involved with with, with, uh, with the Blackhawks incident here. But um, I apologize if I said Chris Beach. I might have. I might have. Um, my apologies. Kyle Beach. Um, I don't know why that just popped into my head, but, um, yeah, again, guys, sorry, I'm all over the place here. I'm scattered. I have my post, I'm kind of looking at my post-it note, but, um, I'm just, I'm rambling. I I apologize. Um, like I said, I have a lot on my mind right now. So, um, I hope, I hope I'm making sense. Um, one of the, uh, uh, a player that I wanted to uh, bring to everyone's attention. I, I, I was doing a player spotlight 
on, on, a, on a few of the Sunday episodes way back when, and just, you know, like a Tanner Lasan or, um, like Kirk Tomlinson or who, I can't remember who else, Jake Doty and Matthew Gagnon and, and guys like that. I would, I would just wanted to bring up, um, I will point out that many times on this show, I've ranted about today's fighter and how there isn't any enforcers and toughness and, and anything. I mean, it, I'm not making the broad statement of there's no one tough anymore. I'm not saying that, but with the fight limitations and things getting put into in, in junior hockey now, um, there just really isn't a lot of fighting anymore. Um, but one of the guys, I, uh, a player that I wanted to bring up, um, and he's playing for the Vancouver Giants this year, but he had played for the Seattle Thunderbirds for um, since he was 15. Actually, he came into the league at 15. Um, Cade Mc, uh, his name is Cade McNally, and uh, McNally. It's like I've I've heard the I was watching his fights the other night, and it's it's. McNeely, McNally, you know, they, everyone says it different. Um, I'm going with McNally, but, uh, hopefully, and I know I'm, I'm also bringing this up because I, I think he's listened to the show a few times and, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I have talked to him privately a couple times. I've sent him, I sent him his Getty images cause he was in LA Kings camp this year and, uh, he had played in the preseason. He fought Andrew Ladd. Um, he also had a very good fight with, uh, uh, Primo's uh, kid in the rookie camp, Mason Primo, who plays for the uh, Golden Knights. Um, but yeah, I just went back and I was watching some of Cade's WHL fights because, like I said, I don't pay. If it comes across my timeline, I'll watch it, but I don't really keep up with today's guys. And I've, I've watched some of his fights, um, but I kind of did, you know, the deep dive. Go to hockey fights, most of his fights are all on there, right? But um, yeah, big, big, uh, big D man and. Uh, was chucking some good ones, and uh, I, I so I highly recommend uh, folks going back to, uh, to ch- and go and check out his tilts. And uh, he's a twenty-year-old this year. He's playing with the Vancouver Giants. So no cold Tony out there is excited about that. But uh, like he said, we got the only tough guy in the whole league. So um, you know, hopefully Kate will come out swinging. I know he was on. Uh, if anybody wants to hear his interview, he he was on uh, uh, the Biscuit with William. William had him on uh, last year. Um, or was it the year before? Jeez, uh, now my timeline's messed up. Maybe it was two years back. But uh, I know, like I said, Cade and I have spoken on social media. We follow each other. I heard he's a listener of the show. If he is, thank you, sir. Um, I definitely want to get you on the show. We'll get a we'll get a youngster's perspective on here, you know. Um, but I know listening to his uh, past interview with the biscuit, I know he's. Uh, he, old school, he got to you know, I mean, he, he wishes for the, uh, he was playing back in the day, right, with, uh, you know, it definitely suits his style, but uh, I encourage everybody to go back and, uh, or go out and uh, hit YouTube and check out his fights, uh, Cade, and then the last name is M-C-N-E-L-L-Y, uh, McNally, and uh, definitely give him, a, give him a go, like I said, he played a Three or four years in four years, I guess, in Seattle. I keep forgetting you're 15 when you played, and then uh, this year, of course, he's in Vancouver. So, uh, really looking forward to this year, seeing what he can do. I think, I think as a 20 year old, I don't think he's going to get many takers. He might uh, this it might be a tough year fight wise for him, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does. And I I wanted to bring that up because somebody had mentioned to me the other day that I'm I'm constantly shitting on the new players, and there are some tough guys. 
you know, they, of course they get held back with the restrictions as well and whatever, but they do want to, they would fight more if they could and whatever. And that is true. There is, there is, but you got to go with me here. There isn't many, but there are a few guys out there still like Cade that, uh, would fight a lot more. I'm sure. Um, if given the opportunity. So I will, I will say that for sure. Um, yes, but guys, what I wanted to do, and I'm not sure I'm going to, if I have any older folks out there listening, they'll, they'll remember these, but these youngsters, the Alec of the world and stuff like that will not, and the Cades, they won't know about this. This is way before their time. But, and, and this is something I never, I wish I'd had these copies. I never owned any. Um, but, uh, Ron was nice enough to put a few of them up on the Facebook page. Um, they were called the Aggressive Hockey Reports. And it was Sandy Vigilante, Mark Tobaz put it out. And it was a newsletter back in the, uh, in the, uh, early nineties. There was a couple, I believe. And there was Mike Beaver had one as well, which I didn't have any of these newsletters. They were American guys and I never had them. And I, I told, oh, I told, I would have killed to have these back in the day. Because again, early 90s, um, no internet, um, so you knew nothing about this stuff. And so to get information like what these guys are putting out uh, would have just been, for a fight fam, would have just been unbelievable. And it's exactly as I described it. It's, it was an old black and white photocopied newsletter, stapled and, and sent out. And uh, um, I, I, I'll just read Ron's post about it as he's putting it out. Um, I appreciate these as it represents a time in the hobby before the fight boards and the internet connected a lot of hockey fight fans. Um, Chris had posted some photos of, of Beaver's work this week. Whether it be this publication or Beaver's, it was an effort to chronicle and grow the hobby. I think you will find some interesting interviews in these. I have several more to scan and post, so thank you, Sandy and Mark, for putting these together back in the day. And, uh, yeah, and I had heard later on, on the message boards, people talking about, oh, back in the day, I used to get the aggressive hockey report, and I'm like, what are these? I'm, I don't know what these are. And then somebody finally put up a pictures of them, um, just of the old, so they found their old newsletters, and then, uh, Ron has turned a few of them into PDFs, and, uh, yeah, they got player interviews, and, I mean, and that's the thing, and I, and I wanted to point out, it's funny with these, um, uh, you know, it's got the cartoon cover, and this is the May June of nineteen ninety two episode or episode uh, volume, and it's an interview. They have an interview with Paul Stewart, um, and actually, it's quite a lengthy interview. And then uh, from the publisher's desk, oh yes, the uh, you know sort of just a, a letter to the air editor talks kind of an editorial, and then there's an Ask Doctor fight, and so people used to send in questions. And, uh, yeah, and it's funny. And then, of course, they, you know, you got a, a couple folks selling fight tapes in here again. Um, so it's very archaic. And I know, um, younger people just look at this like, what the hell? But I mean, I could tell you, Darren, in 1992, if I saw this, I would have lost my mind. 11 page fight newsletter. This is tremendous. And, uh, I would have loved it. And, uh, <laughs> one of the things in here, I'm laughing. And it, and it's funny with hindsight. In the early '90s publications, here here these guys are shitting on the lack of fighting. Oh, if they only knew, um, you know. And it's funny because the early '90s, I mean, they were fighting all over the place. I'm really not sure kind of what they were going with, but I think it was some of the rules that were getting put in. But 
Um, it, again, with hindsight, you know, but at the time, boycott. Show the NHL board of governors that we're tired of seeing the sport of hockey ruined by their inept management and cowardice. The aggressive hockey report calls an, an all to all our readers to voice their displeasure to the proposed rule changes which will no longer allow hockey to be a contact sport. Inform the teams, the advertisers, and your local media about your feelings. Tell the teams you will no longer support boring teams playing panty-waste hockey. Inform the advertisers that you will no longer buy their products if the NHL institutes their rule changes. Tell your local media to stop interfering with the way the hockey is supposed to be played. They are corrupting the game with their ignorance, and the media shouldn't count more than the fans. Well, that's sort of an evergreen statement right there, but we at the Aggressive Hockey Report suggest the following steps. One, contact your local team by the numbers listed below, and they got all the like NHL teams and all the phone numbers. Um, Two, start a petition drive at your local arenas at the start of the season. Three, contact the team sponsors now. And then, again, during the season. Four, boycott. Refuse to attend your team's boring games and refuse to buy their sponsors' products. Show them that you mean business and mean it. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, so in 1992, 93, they were, uh, they were already complaining about the rule changes and the boycott. I said, oh, if they had only known what was coming. Yeah, all of, you know, 30 years later. Um, yeah, so it was, it was funny reading that, but, uh, uh, I was looking back at, uh, some of the, uh, <clears throat> and it's interesting when you read some of the questions because it's about fights that, I mean, now you just go onto YouTube and everything's there and, oh, I can go back and watch O'Reilly and Playfair or whatever, right? What did you do in the nineties? If you didn't own the tapes and you didn't live in the area, like we weren't getting Buffalo versus Boston games. So we didn't know what was happening unless you saw the highlights. And even then sometimes they would show fights, but, um, yeah, so you, we didn't know any of this. So uh, so it's interesting reading some of the questions, but it's like, uh, oh, here we go. So ask Dr. Fight. Okay, in my opinion, the Rangers have two of the toughest guys in the sport, Koser and Domi. The question is this. When Koser was with the Wings, he pounded an Islander severely. Delgarno, question mark? Yes, it was. And I think he retired because of it. Who was it? Describe it to me if you could. Again, because if you didn't see the... See, now you can just go on YouTube and type up Coaster and Delgarno. You'll see it, right? Back then, who knew? You heard, but you never... You didn't know, right? Um, so you reply. And the gentleman that um, put this out, Mark and Sandy, were massive pioneers in the tape. Uh, they were from New York. Or Sandy was. I'm not sure about Mark. But they sold tapes back in the day and all that. But... They were big in the initial recording. Like in the late 70s, early 80s, they had the first VCRs and would record the games. So, again, you wrap your head around it. But if you go on YouTube and you watch an old 70s fight or an 80s fight, you could probably thank one of these guys for being the ones that recorded it. And they were the original guys. And if it wasn't for them, again, as Ron brought up, that uh, there is there would be a lot of hockey fight history that would not be around because they were the original guys recording and if they didn't record it it's gone so i mean that's why i always talk about the old junior stuff and the minor league stuff that's such a shame that it's gone and like junior a stuff um i was talking to a gentleman that he was asking me if i had any of his fights from uh from the sjhl in the early 2000s and i said unfortunately no 
you know, I'll look, I might have a news clip or two, um, but overall, and that's the sad thing, the stuff's gone, and it sucks, and I feel bad for the guys, the players, I really wish guys had taken it more seriously and got their footage, some guys did, collected their footage, not many though, like the majority of guys I interview for my show never got anything, um, but, and it's too bad, because a lot of that stuff's gone now, right, so... Um, no, and I will say it's like Nick and Mark and all these guys and that took the time to record back in the day. Yeah. We, I mean, everybody takes it for granted now when they go to YouTube and they type in Terry O'Reilly or Clark Gillies and you get, and Dave Schultz and you get to see that stuff. Well, it's because of these guys recording it is why it's happening. If it wasn't for them, it's not like the flyers are putting it up on YouTube. So Yeah. But anyway, so he wanted to describe the fight. Uh, Delgarno runs a red wing from behind with a hard check. Coaster sought, sought him out and then dropped the glove. Delgarno seemed to land more than a few punches at first, but, uh, but was in danger when fighting Coaster. Coaster landed the big bomb, the right, and broke Delgarno's orbital bone. And, um, yeah, again, that's on YouTube. Um, this one was interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize it. And again, it, this is, this is why it's great to have these, uh, this is why I actually brought the, um, this section of the of the aggressive hockey report because this is news um, that f- fight fans might not have known about. But um, how much do you think the Flyers will miss the muscle provided by Tony Horacek? Uh, would you say that he is now the number one tough guy for the Blackhawks? Also, how tough is Flyers junior prospect Chris Simon? I see the many suspensions, but he can throw them. Can he throw them, or is it just, or is he just putting on a Ty Domi show? That's kind of funny. Um, the reply, Tony Horacek will not be missed by the Flyers. He's not a good, good enough fighter to be any team's number one enforcer. If used this way, he won't be effective. Chris Simon is a good fighter who had an active camp with the Flyers with a win over teammate Taron Sandwith. In rookie games, he won a lopsided fight with New Jersey rookie Chris Lapuma. I never knew Lapuma was in New Jersey camp, but, uh, and that him and Simon fought. I wonder if that's on video. Um, I have to go look. Um, but uh, lopsided fight with New Jersey rookie Chris LaPuma and lost an exciting swing out with Jason Simon in the same game. Against the Washington rookies, he had at least a draw, although sustained a cut face against Richie Walcott, who throw, and Simon is a, is, throws left hands. So yeah, so that's interesting. I um, Yeah, so when you hear about these matchups, like with the LaPuma and Jason Simon and Versus Chris Simon and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to see these. I'll have to go investigate. I know uh, there was somebody. There's a lot of folks in Philly uh, taping shit back in the day, like with camcorders and stuff. And same with New Jersey. Um, there was a dude in New Jersey who might have been vigilante actually that would go to a lot of New Jersey stuff and record. Because actually, and I don't know if, if listeners know this, but Scott Parker, um, of course, everybody remembers him going in the first round of the Colorado Avalanche. What they don't remember is the two years before that, he was initially drafted by the New Jersey Devils in the third round, I believe. But he just never signed with them, and he went back in the draft, which was a good move on his part. But in the meantime, he had gone to a New Jersey Devils camp, and those fights are on my YouTube channel, and he fights Aaron Downey. uh, I had three fights. Anyway, I'm completely blanking on the names, but the fights are on my... YouTube channel, if you want to check it out. And a lot of people don't, uh, and I've, oh, there's a fight on YouTube with him and Chris Knobloch with the Islanders as well, um, in a preseason game. Um, that picture is up on my Facebook page a couple days ago, but, uh, 
Yeah, so they're like Scott Parker in New Jersey or Chris Simon with Philadelphia. Of course, he was involved in the Lindros trade. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so it was cool to, uh, uh, to, to read about him fighting La Puma and Jason Simon and stuff. So, um, what was the last question here? What is the possibility of Bob Probert and Joey Coaster squaring off? I know they're good friends, but they're the respective heavyweights for their teams. Um, I don't think Probert and Coaster fight will ever happen. They're very close friends, but you never know. How many times did they, I think they fought twice. Um, one example being Lee Fogel at Buffalo and Larry Carrier, Carrier of Atlanta, who were good friends. They dropped their gloves and were laughing. Then, then Fogel and pounded them. Um, yeah. So there, that was just, uh, ask doctor fight in the aggressive hockey reports. I guess, um, I, I really, I, I'm really happy that Ron, uh, uh, put these up, but it was, um, yeah, and I mean, there's, there, I mean, younger fans would just look at these and be like, what is this garbage, right? But, uh, us old farts, it, it, it definitely takes you back to a simpler time and, uh, it's hard to believe, right? But, uh, oh man, I wish I had had those. Those would have been great. But, uh, yeah, as the, uh, as the months go on here, I will, uh, I will look at more of the, uh, PDF files that, that Ron put up at the Aggressive Hockey Report. And I, and I actually, now that I'm sitting here, I believe that Mike Beaver, I believe his his newsletter was called Mixing It Up, I believe. Um, and I believe Tony has some of those. I'll have to ask what those were like. Um, yeah, and it's just, uh, like I said, it was a, it's a it's a history piece. It's like a time capsule, right, when you go back and look at that stuff. And, and like I said, um, without that report, I mean... And like I said, this is for fight fans. I mean, the general per they don't give a shit that Chris Simon fought Chris LaPuma. You know, they don't care. But for a fight fan like me, a fight geek like me that likes to know that sort of thing, that's cool. That's a little cool little piece of nugget history, right? And, um, yeah. So I'm sure some of you listening to this are just like, who gives a shit? You know, I get it. But as a, as a hobby, as a, someone that's tried to, you know, with this podcast, create something, um, when you're a creator, um, of content, um, that's why I think I like, I think that's, that goes back to my love of, I mean, growing up, I had hockey cards, baseball cards and all that, you know, just cause you like, you were a kid, you collected that stuff. But, and then as I got older, got into high school, I got away from that sort of thing or after high school. And then as I've gotten older now and have some disposable income and stuff, I get, I've gotten back into it and I've always liked to collect the tough guys, but really hockey are just, they're just photographs, right? And it's like, it's a, it's a picture of a piece of history. It's a, it's a time in history when you look at that card. And if you can look at an old hockey card, it'll take you back to maybe some, gives you, brings you back memories. I know I'm, I'm being philosophical here and, and whatever. Come, come sit under the learning, or come sit in the, in the rocking chair with me and, uh, as we discuss the history of things. But, um, that's always kind of why I've collected pictures and hockey cards and that type of thing. Um, yeah, I just, I just like collecting the history. And having the history, and uh, so I think something like when I when Ron, I really cherish that he put up these uh, reports. Yeah, to some people are just black and white, outdated newsletters, and who cares? But to me, I think reading little tidbits like that's really cool. And I know there's quite a few listeners that feel the same way, and <clears throat> that's what I like to do on this show is, is bring that stuff up. And uh, I rant and rave and yell about the Sue Bands and the Binningtons of the world and that type of thing, but. I really enjoy the history of the game, obviously, and I, I, I think I've sort of, in some ways, have gotten away from that on some of these rant shows. I kind of, 
I mean, I'll always rant about the new shit because it bugs me so much, but I think I've sort of gotten away. Eh, maybe I haven't really got, I shouldn't say that because I do the best in the West. But again, this goes back to my rambling, folks. I'm, I'm sort of, I don't have a format really for this show and it's completely showing. Because um, as I'm sitting here right now, in all honesty, I've completely forgotten about a lot of the stuff I've already talked about on this show. So, um, like I said, my mind is up in the clouds. So I, uh, <clears throat> I, I ask you to bear with me. Um, hopefully, well, clearly it's six o'clock now. The bank isn't is done, but uh, so I guess hopefully tomorrow. But um, in the in the month to come here in November, obviously possession date for the house that we're taking is December first. So November is going to be a crazy month with all our moving and unhooking and everything else. So there will be episodes that I miss. Um, bear with. I'm not quitting or anything. I will come back. And I'm really looking forward. December will be unpacking and everything. And of course with Christmas and the craziness of the season. Um, but at my first available time, I will get everything hooked up. And um, really, I'll, I'll, give, I'll say this. In 2022, in January, when we're all unpacked and we're normal and I've got all my shit out and I can sit down and finally just breathe and the moving's done, and everything is done, and we're now getting on with our life in the house. Um, I have some really fun, I think, some really good ideas with the time capsule tough that I was talking about earlier. Um, I have some YouTube projects that I would really like to take on, and uh, I really and I have some guys that I want to interview, um, ex NHL guys. We're gonna get um, that I've sort of I don't want to say I I want to do the interview justice, so I want to give myself time to. Um, uh, research and that type of thing and I'm going to ask a few people, Steve and guys like that, like hey give me some because that's their wheelhouse as the 80's guys, the scoop and because um, I maybe I'm missing something so I don't want to miss anything when I get these guys on the phone um, I'm not going to call out names in case they don't happen but I've got it uh, I've got their phone numbers and they know I'm coming so hopefully and they've agreed to, verbally they've agreed to do it so uh, hopefully that'll come through but uh, in the new year, I have some really big things planned for the show. I really hope you guys stick around um, and, and take the journey with me. I know the the numbers are growing, and uh, I and I and I love the fact that I've I've gotten a few emails this past week about guys listening to the shows. Sandman, thank you out there for the tweet. I didn't even realize he's like oh, I've listened to every episode. I was like, holy shit, seriously! Um, again, thank you for having no taste. Um, but, uh, no, and it's, it, when you read, when you get comments like that, and I was bugging Alec earlier, but, but that's gonna be, that's cool, man, when someone comes up, like, at the game like that, to come up to him and, and say, listen to the show, or they love the web, the Facebook group, and that type of thing, that's awesome, and like I said, when you, I'm, for lack of a bit of creator, when you get feedback that, uh, what you're doing is, and I've said this a million times, and I'm gonna say it a million more, because it's true, um, when you get the feedback from people, good, bad, or indifferent about your show, that's it's always appreciated. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't gotten too much hate mail. I've gotten some, but um, you know, but uh, and constructive criticism, of course, I'll take that. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, when you get feedback, it's always great because I've often said there's times here when I hit record and I sort of just stare out my window and yell and it feels like you're you're in a vacuum right you're just talking to yourself and no one's listening i mean i know that's antiquated i know people are listening but you know what i'm saying 
Um, I see the numbers. I see that people are listening. But you know what I mean. It's you. You sometimes doubt yourself, and uh, you put out episodes, and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, and like with this episode, I'm putting out. Err. But um, you, you try to come up with ideas that people like, and try to interview people that. Uh, um, the interviews, for the most part, I mean, I've I've always just done them for myself. Like I just, and then I just hope people listen. I've wanted to talk to this person, and ask them these questions, and and what happened. I enjoy just talking to the guys and listening to their journey, and I just hope other people sort of eavesdrop. That's kind of what my uh, my goal is. So, um, again, I hope uh, everybody follows along and, and with the journey here. And uh, and like I said, if you have, if I've always said it's your guys' show, and if there's a topic that you think I should talk about, drop me a line. Um, if you're not on, like I'm on Twitter and Facebook, Fourth Line Voice. Um, if you're not on social media, I would say congratulations, you're smarter than the rest of us. Um, but if you're not, uh, just email me. Hockey fights, all one word, lowercase, hockey fights at hotmail. That's right, I still have a hotmail account. Hockey fights at hotmail.com. Send me a, an email. And actually, I got a couple emails this week. And they were cool, and I really appreciated them. And uh, yeah, it was awesome getting the feedback from you guys and to hear that, uh, you know, a young, a young player like Cade. Uh, would uh would listen is is cool and uh you know have some relevance with the youngsters anyway but uh but that and then and just you know they people just enjoy the old school talk and uh and that type of thing was it, it's really it's always fun to hear so really if you're if you ever want to just drop me a line and say hey what's happening and if you need some pictures or a, a fight dvd or you just want to say, hey, I, I highly encourage everybody to please uh, email me. I, I love getting the feedback. It's great. And I love talking to the fight fans. Um, I know I rant and rave about social media sometimes, but uh, overall, obviously, I keep coming back to do it. So I do enjoy, like I said, 95% of the people are cool. So it's it's always fun to uh, connect with uh, fight fans. And, and uh, when people post like Ron does with the aggressive hockey reporter, the, these newsletters and that type of thing, or uh, Jane Finland sending me the best in the West columns from the newspapers.com. I mean, and the old Star Phoenix articles and the old newspaper articles from the 80s and 90s Western League stuff, that's just tremendous. And uh, like I said, for the hobby and stuff, um, yeah, it, it's always being like, it's like a historian, right? So it, uh, so between that and of course Steve when ProWrestlingKing.com he is still trying to get that uh, drop your gloves website up and going and he's doing a great job and like I, I seriously uh, the work and the time that he has put in uh, tracking down computer programmers and really going out of his element he's not a computer guy so this is all he's had to research and learn and the time that he has put in is a, like there is no way as fight fans that will ever be able to and I'm not saying this to but seriously. Uh, will ever be able to pay him back for doing this because um yeah because you just think about how great drop your gloves was the amount of work that went into that site is unbelievable and the amount of work that he's already put in to this new site that he wants to get going again and the, the work that's going to have to go into it to get the data in well, it's not like it just magically all these fight cards appear like no people are gonna have to put these in and uh uh yeah Going forward, uh, Steve's just doing a tremendous job. And uh, I say, as fight fans, we should definitely all salute him without a doubt the, for the great work that he's doing. But uh, So keep it up, Steve. Thank you. But anyway, guys, um, yeah, so I, I'm not only am I my head up in the clouds, but now I'm rambling too. I When I get nervous, I 
ramble a lot. And, uh, yeah, like I said, with this whole condo sale thing going on and everything, uh, my, my, my head's elsewhere. But, uh, I, like I said, I wanted to bring you guys content and, uh, I agreed to do two shows a week. So I don't want to let you guys down. So, um, I hope, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, please rate and review my show and, uh, and, and leave a review. I love reading them. And, uh, cause there's been a few new ones put up there and I really appreciate you guys doing that. And, uh, tremendous. Like I said, it helps, it helps the show out in the searches. Um, so if you could do that and also, I always, but I know it's always, I, my brother always bugs me about it, but if you download my show, that's how I get paid. It's true. I get paid by the download streaming it. I don't get paid. So. If you could download my show, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, and uh, and thank you. And uh, that's about it. I guess we will... Uh, everyone, I hope everyone has a, a good remainder of the weekend. If you're listening to this on Monday, let's attack the work week. And I will talk to all of you on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 